This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Ready? Throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. I'm your host, Chris Raybon from the Action Network, and today we've got our NFL player projections for Week 9, a.k.a. Trade Deadline Week. And as I bring in one of the most accurate fantasy football rankers in the biz, the odds maker Sean Kerner, I just want to let everybody know that our recording time on Tuesday is actually right in the window when the trade deadline is supposed to end. So we might get some breaking news as we are uh, as recording as we're recording this and have to adjust on the fly. Sean, how you feeling? Yeah, happy uh, trade deadline uh, day. Um, just curious, did you have any thoughts on the Monday Night Football game last night between the Lions and Raiders? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I had Lions minus seven, and that was one of the most excruciating uh, offensive performances I think I've ever seen in my life. I I was just – I'm not even a Lions fan, and I was all worked up. I just thought Ben Johnson was trying to be cute in a primetime game. And, I mean, some of the – like, did you see them just – every time they – they had a second and one on, like, the nine-yard line and go backwards because they're throwing, like – pop passes to Khalif Raymond. Their receivers, their wide receivers are are running are, are running and throwing more than they're catching. Like what I I, <laughs> I was not a, not a fan. And then you had the Raiders on the other side just just stinking it up. What did you think of that game? Oh, yeah, well, I had the Max Crosby prop, so I loved it. Uh, I think he got the tackle on that trick play <laughs> you're talking about. Oh yeah. Oh, Raymond's... 6 yard loss for Jamo. Jamo, of course. Yeah, where his helmet went flying off. Yeah, that was Max Crosby. Uh but yeah, that that was a rough game. Um who knows? Maybe Devontae Adams does get traded while we're recording. Uh, we're all waiting to see that. Um, but yeah, that, I don't think he's too happy right now. Man, I mean, I don't, I don't like when receivers do it so publicly. I know he's frustrated, but I feel like you go from part of the solution. Like obviously he's getting open and Jimmy's missing him, but when you do that in front of a live TV audience and now everyone's going to be talking about it, I feel like you become yeah. just another part of the problem. So. I don't think it was the best look for Devontae, but I mean, he's the least of the Raiders' worries right now. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Can't knock it. But I mean, wow. I mean, just wow. Wow. Both offenses. I mean, that was just, whew. That was, that was rough. That, that was a rough one. So, hopefully, we got, this is going to be a really interesting week of football. I mean, we got a bunch of unknowns at quarterback, we got trades happening. And so, there are going to be some defenses that are different. Be sure to remember that when yeah. you're if you if you use or rely heavily on you know defense versus position data in in fantasy start sit decisions and DFS uh, just a lot of things to kind of be aware of so we'll kind of talk through uh, all of that as we go through uh, each position here so let's start it off quarterback week nine who you got in your top five um, let's see so I have. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and uh, I mean, Tua's right there, but I'm going to go Joe Burrow at number five. Yeah, I have Burrow like a couple tenths ahead of Tua as well (laughs) at five, Uh, but yeah, Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson, Allen, Burrow for me, so uh, same top five, I think it's in Tua six, so pretty straightforward, I think at the top of the quarterback ranks, but after you get past like seven or eight, it oh, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> yeah. So we, like, this is going to be an interesting question right off the bat. Who are you high on? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, first of all, I, there's going to be a ton of backups starting this week. It looks like, you know, we're going to have like Jaron Hall, Brett Rippon, Tyson Bajan, maybe it's just a disaster. So 
Having said that, I'm actually high on Zach Wilson. I don't think I've ever said that. <laughs> um, but as of now, he's my QB 18, uh, where the ECR has him QB 23. Uh, he's obviously not a guy we can trust in one quarterback, normal fantasy football leagues, but in any, you know, two QB super flex leagues, super flex leagues, or maybe DFS, uh, he might be a solid play this week. He is starting to show signs of improvement, mainly just showing more chemistry with, you know, his best receiver in Garrett Wilson, uh, who is obviously one of the best young wide receivers in the game. Uh, the two connected for a seven catch, 100 yard game. Uh, also had like a 22 yarder that was barely ruled incomplete. So it could have had an even bigger game. Uh, plus, Brees Hall seems much closer to 100% now, and he's clearly a weapon in the past game. He caught a 50 yard touchdown pass from Wilson. Uh, and Wilson does have rushing upside if and when he ever chooses to tap into it. He has uh, more than 25 rushing yards in two of the last three games. I, I, I do think they want him doing that a little bit more. And this is a great matchup for quarterbacks. You know, the Chargers have allowed the most fancy points to QBs on the season. Uh, again, there's a ton of bad backups starting this week, four teams on by. So Zach Wilson is like a mid-range QB2 for me this week. Oof, man. Is Zach Wilson like a new strain? Like, are you high in Zach Wilson, the quarterback, or are you just high? Oh, the uh, Zach Wilson, like another type of green Zach um, Wilson. <laughs> uh, what's what's that DMT, the Aaron Rodgers stuff you were called ayahuasca uh, shot? Yeah. Is that what I'm doing here? <laughs> well, where the we got me. where the hell do you have Zach Wilson ranked? Do you have like uh, Jimmy G I, and Kenny Pickett over him and PJ Walker? Who do you have over Zach Wilson? Not not, not Pickett, <laughs> not Pickett. You know me. Uh, I have, now I have Wilson 20th, so yeah. yeah, right. You know, there's, I mean, ugh, it's disgusting. Do you have Stafford man. starting? Like, where do you? No, I oh, have okay. uh, Brett Rippin in. I have Brett Rippin, okay. Jaron Hall, Daniel Jones for the Giants, Pickett for the, uh, for the Steelers, Clayton Toon for the Cardinals. <laughs> what uh, have Deshaun and, and, and PJ split for the Browns, oh. Bajant for the Bears, Heineke and Ritter split like it's it's we don't even know who's starting half these games that's that's what's crazy about it as we record this right. on Tuesday so uh should be an interesting week but yeah I, I mean if if Zach Wilson's ever gonna continue this you know modest streak of success uh it is the, you know the Chargers defense is vulnerable that they didn't look as vulnerable against Bajant and Brian Dable you know it's crazy. After coach of the year last year, I continue to think he may, he's making a he's just kind of exposing himself uh, mm. is not that hashtag smart um, with some of the decisions he's made. <laughs> oh, that fourth down call in games, ridiculous, yeah, bro. Like you, like you gotta come on. Like everyone knew that field goal was just like just go for the win. Like is yep. there's a lot of bad coaching this 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 year. I would say in general, but especially. Uh, this last week, I, I just think that kind of yeah, sticks out as well. If they uh, if they go for that convert, I actually cash my Zach Wilson prop of under 199 passing yards. Uh, but since they didn't, you know, he ended up at 240 and I lost it. So I'm blaming <laughs> uh, Dable on that one. I mean, a wise guy named Sean Turner once told me, don't really bet passing yardage props. Oh, I know. Like the they're, edge. The east edge fun? of all the props. Oh, they I know. The they're excruciating though. They're 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 absolutely tilting. I I concur. Don't bet on them. There are the you know a couple times a year, I'll take like the rushing yard under for like a guy like four and a half yards. Um, those normally hit. You know, like if I bet three or four of those a year, uh, I'll go like three and one. Uh, but I had two uh <laughs> under four and a half yards, and he snuck like a six yard scramble early on. So that oh. was that was an uphill battle. But I, I do think those are. The way to go um but yeah passing yards it's so fickle it can come down to random plays that you can't project so yeah i do i do agree that a couple times a year i like to take a swing at those because they are fun but in general i try to stay away you know what we should do we should just kind of talk through some early in the week because i always feel like when i do my initial projections i have passing yardage numbers that are different from the market sometimes by yeah. 20 30 yards and i'm always like all right wisdom of the crowds then i start looking at my expected <laughs> pass rates and you know all yeah. those different things that kind of go into it and i end up a little bit closer to the market because you know passing yards are obviously very important to get right the way yeah yep, uh, yep. you and i both uh, i think do our projections so but i, I start looking at I, I go back and compare them and a lot of times like my initial projection like i would have just had a massive edge and the the market ends up yeah. moving in the direction that I initially had it. So uh, maybe they're 
there's more of an edge early in the week. And, you know, by the time you go on like a Friday, Saturday night, that's when the, the edge is kind of uh, right. dissipated. And I saw it like, um, like Thursday, I was looking at the Monday Night Football props, every prop, uh, and Goff's passing prop was like 284. And I was going to ask you, like, what, what do you have for him? Uh, and then it clo- by the time on, I'm on Green Dot Daily, it was like 265. So yeah. I agree. I think getting these openers is, is the way to go if you can, because uh, that, that's obviously when there's a ton of value. But especially with these pass guard props, I've seen them swing like 10, 20 yards times. Yeah, I was looking at the Jimmy G prop because I, I also love to look at passing guard props just to get an idea of what the market's yeah. thinking anyway. And like Jimmy G's prop opened like 257. And I was like, how? Like, where are we getting this? Yeah. This, these yards that like you know like where are we get I, I know they have Adams but like two I, I had it in like the 230s and then like <laughs> I'm like you know nudging it up you know in Monday so you have more time to like overthink it and right. then lo and behold he what did he finish with like 120 or something like that yep. played the whole I was game with the, I was I was thinking the same thing you know we we need to just start locking these in yep. early in the week yep. but it's hard we're usually doing other things uh on a another side note and then then we could move on uh, our dart throws, we need to start just betting on their anytime touchdowns. I think yes. like five or six of them have scored Darrington, over the past few weeks. So, yeah, yeah. And you got like, I want, you had a streak of like five or six in a row. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Say, so. we, we should just be Nuts. betting on their touchdowns because that's kind of what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, we need to start doing that a little more of that. Yeah, shout out to my boy, Chris Thompson. He, uh, he does that. Him in our group chat, he definitely, like, every nice. time I give out, like, a dart throw or you give out a dart throw, he bets, you know, he'll put him in a DFS lineup, but he'll also bet the anytime. So, yeah, that's a, nice. definitely a sharp move. All right, let's, uh, who am I talking? Oh, so, yeah, I am high on, and I, probably the first time I've said this guy's name as well, so, <laughs> uh, this year in terms of being high, but Jordan Love. Uh, I have him as my QB9, he's QB15 uh, in expert consensus, and... Listen, Jordan Love has kind of been what I expected. A little bit sloppy. The mechanic, you know, some of just the fundamentals haven't quite been there. I don't think the coaching is as great as we thought in Green Bay. But this Rams defense, 26th in pass defense DVOA, giving up the 10th most fantasy points to the position. And, you know, just because the Packers are actually favored for a change, they're, they're <laughs> liable to fall behind, even against Brett Rippon. Brett yeah. Rippon, I believe had a it's like he was he's been competent at times as a starter you know so I, I don't and you have Sean McVay so I don't think this uh this Packers get, team is just gonna automatically run away with this game here uh, against the Rams I think it's gonna be uh, a fairly close game and so I, I do think Jordan Love is gonna have the opportunity to put up numbers and obviously really I don't think game script matters at this point I think they want to see him you know throw the ball mm. and, and get it downfield so uh, I'm not really worried about the game script. And I do think he's due for some regression in terms of his deep passing. He hasn't been very accurate with his ball placement, uh, but his 35 deep passes, which are 20 y- yards or more past the line of scrimmage, that's third most in the league, but he's 18th in deep yardage, 23rd in deep touchdown passes, just one. And this Rams defense, 27th in explosive pass play rate allowed, uh, just under 15%. Also, the Rams 26th in pressure rate. They were getting to Dallas early last week, but it really hasn't been consistent uh, in terms of the Rams generating pressure, especially if it's not Aaron Donald. So I do think Green Bay is going to have some opportunities here uh, in a game. You know, maybe they finally you know get this ship right, but I'm not sleeping on Love uh, and company this week. You know, He's probably going to have his healthiest uh mm-hmm. collection of skill players you know watson i still think there's a lot of development that needs to go on with watson mm-hmm. but uh dobbs is playing well in the red zone you know jones should be, is another week healthier so uh, i do like me some jordan love have him as a top 10 quarterback on this ugly ugly uh streaming <laughs> week yeah i mean are you high on jordan love or some pink stuff i, I don't know but yeah you you stole <laughs> You Woo! stole him from me. I was actually going to use him. Uh, I actually do think he's in play as a streaming option because it's such a bad week. Uh, but I do agree. I think, like, the way they're using Christian Watson is bizarre. He's just more of, like, a situational deep threat right now. Uh, hopefully they can get him more intermediate targets and stuff. He's just so explosive with the ball in his hands. Uh, Luke Musgrave wasn't right, uh, so hopefully he's closer mm-hmm. to 100%. But I, I do, like, love here. He's my QB12. So, uh, again, I, I think he could be a solid streaming option this week. 
Yeah, like it was. I mean, you you gave out Zach Wilson. I gave out Jordan Love, and it it could have got even uglier because if I wasn't gonna go Jordan Love, I was gonna go Derek Carr, and you know how much. Oh I, no. You know how much disdain I have for Carr, though playing better, playing better. But I think that was just that facing that cover three Bradley defense. You know, you knew yeah. that the Saints were going to have a big game, but they are putting up some some big yardage shoulders over the last yep. few games. So maybe they could keep it going. Uh, but uh, he, yeah, love my QB nine, Carr my QB ten. Also, like Baker, Baker's my QB fourteen. He's eighteenth in consensus, and Baker is the QB eighteen in fantasy points. Uh, but six quarterbacks ahead of him are either injured or on bye. So technically, Baker's the quarterback 12 on this slate. So another guy, I think, is in play as a streamer. Uh, Houston's somewhat of a pass funnel defense, 24th in pass defense, DVOA, uh, but 15th against the run. And Tampa Bay's 71% pass rate over the last three games, highest in the NFL. And I read a quote that said, I think it was Mayfield saying, we just have to realize we aren't a run first team. You know, They just cannot mm-hmm run block for the second year in a row. So yeah. Houston's given up the 12th most fantasy points to quarterbacks, despite an NFL low in passing touchdowns allowed. So Houston's defense due to regress when you're, uh, you know, bottom eight in DVOA and you've given up the fewest passing touchdowns, then uh, I do think there is going to be some regression there for Houston's uh, defense. So sneaky little shootout potential, Houston, Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, like Baker in that one, and you're low on Car. I see. So that's let's talk, talk to me about this. Yeah. Well, I it's just a way to talk about this whole streaming tier because, I mean, we have uh, Minshew, Sam Howell, Stroud, Love, Baker, Carr, Bryce Young, and Mac Jones. Really in that streaming tier where, mm-hmm. again, this is one of those weeks I have like one point separating all these guys from like yeah. QB nine to QB sixteen. So. Carr could end up being my QB9, could end up being my QB16, but right now he's QB14, so that's why I'm just saying I'm low on him. Um, You know, I've been actually a few slots higher than ECR on him the past few games, and he's thrown 300-plus yards in three straight games. Has an easy matchup here against the Bears, so I'm not shocked that he's QB10. Uh, But the Saints are, you know, they're seven-point favorites. It might limit his ceiling somewhat if they do get a lead early through, you know, rushing touchdowns. Uh, and then lean on the run, you know, he, he does have a lower floor in that scenario. Uh, so I, I just view him as a high-end QB2, but not a top 10 option quite yet. Plus with with Juwan Johnson back, you know, Taysom Hill's running less routes and being involved more as a runner, which that situation, you know, does hurt Carr, uh, albeit a little bit, but that does make a difference in, in just a few rankings uh, this week. So uh, as of now, I have Carr as my QB14, but again, this is a range where, he could go up or down two or three slots just based on like a simple tweak. Um, so just as of now, I have him low. And again, you already took the guy I'm way lower on. Uh, so I had to <laughs> go with somebody and it, it was Derek Carr. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just you know, real quick. My thought on Carr is on such an ugly week, the Saints are tied for fifth in terms of their implied Vegas point total, you know, about 24 and a half points or so and we know how much correlation there is just because of yeah. touchdowns so it's just kind of you know not going to overthink it at this point you know i expect the saints to score more than most teams on the on the slate so uh, i got car in as my qb10 as well but i am low on gino smith and it's been ugly for him this year i mean the seahawks my seahawks uh, to win the division bet is a lot is alive and well so i'm feeling good about that uh, and they're making trades now, you know, got Leonard Williams from the Giants. So I'm feeling good about the Seahawks going forward. But, but Geno Smith is the fantasy QB 23 this year. He's only had one game, one above 16 fantasy points. He's only had one top 10 finish, which was that game. And barely night, he was the QB nine quarterback 17 or below in five of his seven games, three finishes outside the top 20 altogether. And now you're facing this Raven defense that is number one in pass defense DVOA, allowing the fewest points to opposing quarter, a fewest fantasy points, excuse me, to opposing quarterbacks. And the Ravens have an NFL high 31 sacks. And Geno's lone game where he had a top 10 finish was also when he had a season low one sack. And that was that Detroit game where even that sack, he was just running around trying to waste time before the two minute warning so that they could punt the ball away uh and try to hold on uh, to a three-point lead which they ended up not being able to do but uh yeah this is just this just spells trouble for Gino 
when you have defenses that can man up those talented Seattle wide receivers, that's when Geno tends to run into a, a little bit of trouble. So um, just you know, a little prone to hold the ball and just not really taking too many chances, get sacked a lot when, when there's pressure. So uh, not really feeling Geno this week. I, I have him uh, about four spots, three spots lower than consensus. The consensus QB 13, which I think is, that's just going off. I don't know what, 2022 numbers or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where we're getting QB 13, but not even because <laughs> he only had one finish. Uh, you know, like he only had one startable week. Like, so it's, it can't even be weeks one through five. I don't know what's, I'm saying from last year. Everyone's oh, just yeah, remembering yeah, his hot yeah. start from last year. Yeah. Then he really regressed, and everyone's just still, you know, awarding him for <laughs> weeks one through five. Well, you think you're low on him. I have him uh, QB 19. So Woo. I was going to take him, but you, you took him before. We should have a rule. Whoever's actually lower on him gets him. Yeah, um, that, that would actually be <laughs> ideal. But I think it – I mean, it does – like, we just got to get these outlines filled out. So No, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm just busting your balls. No, I, I agree. I'm low on him, too, even on the bad week. Which is crazy. Actually, I have him. I just got because I've been doing updates with all this trade stuff. I actually, oh, nice. I'm going to be 17. So, yeah, he's 17. So, I'm, I am four spots lower than But I'll probably get to your 19 at some point. Just got to drop him <laughs> below uh, uh, future Hall of Famer Will Levis and uh, yes. good to go. <laughs> um, okay. You are, you went 2 0 last week on props, by the way. I went 0 2. So, uh, you had a great, nice. great, uh, great week for you. And you are the book here for quarterbacks. Where are we going? Well, speaking of future Hall of Famer Will Levis, by the way, we need to make some side bets on those Hall of Fame predictions. Let's go with this prop. Uh, I'm going to give out his passing yard prop uh, against the Steelers. Um, and I'm going to set it at 203 and a half. I'm over. I'm going over. Ooh, uh, okay. Yeah. So this is what Will Levis does. He throws the ball down the football field. The Steelers are one of the worst teams against deep passes. They just lost safety Minka Fitzpatrick. Mm. You also have a short week to prepare, which I think benefits Levis because, you know, you give a, that, a full week to prepare and now, now you can really kind of break some, some tape down and, you know, there's not much to begin with. But um, he was, you know, 141 yards on eight deep pass attempts, three touchdowns. Hopkins was getting open. And Pittsburgh dead last in explosive pass play rate allowed on defense so I think this is going to be you know if the tight like we think the Titans are probably going to ride Derrick Henry which would make sense rookie quarterback making his first road start but I think there's a chance for the Titans to catch the Steelers off guard even if it's just with play action again uh and that you know the back end of that defense has really been where the issue is so um you know well uh Levis could get sacked a bunch but I also think he uh he could hit some deep balls so yeah going over yeah, that, I mean, this was my initial projection, but I just saw they posted props uh, for Thursday Night Football, and they have it at one ninety nine and a half. So maybe this is one of those ones you want to get on it. Yeah, early. yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, I I just want to take the Titans straight, like and forget, yeah, well, forget there you go. This. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's a chance, you know, if he struggles, Malik Willis will come in, but I, I I just don't see that. And if anything, Willis would come in like I don't know in like a goal line package, sort of like Taysom Hill. So I don't really have him eating into his into Levis's passing production at all. I, I don't know how you're projecting that situation, but uh, as far as I'm concerned, Levis is taking like 98% of the dropbacks now. Yeah, like th- this could be the start of, I mean, I you know, quarterback yeah. evaluation is tough. I <laughs> I didn't see a ton with Levis. I, it's just kind of more of an unknown than anything. And then, you know, he was not even the clear backup in camp. So that was kind of confusing. But when I watched him against, Atlanta. I mean, he not a guy I want to fade. Not, right. not no. Like, yeah. how many rookie quarterbacks do you know get a road get not a road win, but get, get a yeah. win as an underdog in their first start, throw four touchdowns, no picks, uh, and like people are saying, well, uh, Hopkins got super open and made it easy. Well, right. we saw Devontae Adams get super open, and and a quarterback that's been in the Super Bowl couldn't connect and with if, him numerous times. If so, that's the case, he has DeAndre Hopkins at his disposal again this week. Why would that? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Why my would point. that be a bad thing? But yeah, uh, I remember uh, like Justin Herbert. That was the COVID year. There wasn't a preseason, mm-hmm. uh, and then he took over for Tyrod Taylor. And we all knew he was good, obviously. But then we saw like I remember just watching like the first two drives and going, "Holy shit, he's already a top ten quarterback." Were you getting any of those vibes at all from Levis, or, or are we 
you know, yeah. get out of control. But, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't not, say top like 10, Herbert but I think, I, think Herbert, yeah. I think Herbert is actually a good comparison where it's like, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit raw. It's not always going to be pretty, and he might end up being like a five hundred quarterback at the end of the day. But he could right. put up some numbers, and and he's going to hit some deep passes. And like remember Tannehill when they took over, and how like it was just such a shift for the Titans, and yeah. they never looked back. And I mean, the rumors we're hearing is that they may have held off on having a fi- a complete fire sale because of how well Levis played in uh, in that win over Atlanta. So now you're sitting here. And you're looking at three and four in a in a in an AFC where you know there's wild card spots up for grabs yeah. and a somewhat you know fairly weak division as well. So yeah, I think I think they're gonna they're gonna keep riding Levis, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him hit some deep shots against this uh, this Steeler defense that struggles with explosive plays and has to prepare on a short week with no Minka, which is you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. it's tough. I mean Porter's been great, so he'll he'll. He'll be an asset, but like you know, the back end is going to be an issue, and I'm sure they'll figure yeah. out some way, a way to take some shots there. As a reminder, the Action Network podcast is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code Action when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's go to running back. Who you got in the top five? Yeah, so first of all, this is a, a pretty brutal week for uh, bye weeks at running back. You know, you have Chris McCaffrey, ETN, Gibbs, and Montgomery uh, on a bye. Uh, by the way, Gibbs finished as the RB2, so we, we both there got we go. done right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, right now, uh, it's pretty wide open. I have number one, Alvin Kamara, uh, and then I have Saquon Barkley, uh, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, and uh, DeAndre Swift. Ooh, Swift, spicy. I have uh, Barkley, Kamara, Eckler, Joe Mixon, number four. Nice. <laughs> He's been getting all all of the work in that yeah. uh, Bengals backfield, and and Jacobs five. So okay, very not, close. Not not too. Yeah. Where do you have Swift then? I think like more in like the back half of the top ten. It's, oh okay. It's exactly yeah, it's, it's pretty close. Are. The the top ten's wide open actually. Um. Oh, actually, I have an RB twelve. Oh, okay. RB12. You know, Philly, you know, going against a good defense. Yeah. And, and could end up having to pass a little more in Swift, even though he is a pass catching back. You know, it's AJ Brown is just dominating targets there. So, you know, you could get a <laughs> yeah. little little game script dependent at times with, with Swift these days. So yeah, a little lower on him. But uh who are you? Oh, yeah, who are you hiring? Well, it's, it sounds like we're on the same page here. I'm high on Joe Mixon. He's my RB6, so I guess you're higher on him than me. Uh, consensus is RB14 right now, which is wild, if you ask me. Uh, but, you know, he's coming off a great game against the Niners. He, he's going to benefit a ton from Joe Burrow looking closer to 100%. He, he needs the offense to be good in order to thrive. So that's good news going forward. This is, you know, a tougher matchup on paper uh, against the Bills, but their defense definitely has taken, taken a step back with, uh, Daquan uh, Jones and Matt Milano on IR. You know, they've allowed rush attempts of 10 or more yards at the third highest rate uh, in the league. So this is a beatable defense for running backs. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think Mixon, especially on this week where there's a ton of good running backs on by, uh, he's definitely like a mid-range RB1 option. 
Yeah, absolutely. Love, love mixing in. He's, I mean, he's looked fine too. It's not, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's, he's, he's washed or whatever, but he looks fine <laughs> to me. Uh, Bengals starting to play better and better. Great win against the 49ers. So I like it. Uh, I am high on Zach Moss, you know, even with Jonathan Taylor back in, you know, as much as they keep saying, you know, we're going to give Taylor more, more work. This coach team is just very running back reliant. And so I think these guys are going to continue to both have value uh, most weeks. And so far, you know, Moss has been out carrying Taylor since Taylor returned by 15 carries. And if you take out that Mm -hmm. first game, Taylor came back. So the only last three games, uh, he's only got two fewer carries than Taylor. And Taylor has never had more than one more carry than Moss <laughs> in a game. Crazy. Both of them have six opportunities, have had six opportunities inside the opponent's 10-yard line since Taylor returned. Moss has actually done a better job uh, at converting touchdowns, and he had the final two carries for the team inside the five-yard line a week ago. So, you know, uh, Steichen is having to answer questions about, you know, Taylor and, and why don't give him more work but he said hey like we got we have specific things for for both of these guys we're riding a hot hand and both of them are going to be involved in the game plan on a weekly basis so uh, I like both of these backs Taylor and Moss to produce top 20 value against a Carolina Panther run defense that is dead last in DVOA and is somewhat of a run funnel as well because they're average against the pass 15th but dead last uh, against the run and the Colts, you know, they're not the Texans. They can run the ball. So uh, mm-hmm. like me, some Zach Moss have them inside the top 20 uh, consensus has been wow. just outside the top 20. Yeah. Like last week he was barely able to practice, barely able to play. And he still commanded a timeshare with uh, Taylor. You know, who could use Zach Moss right now? The Vikings, the bills. <laughs> oh yes, I, I didn't even think of that. And they got, when they signed a uh, four net, they just signed four net. Yeah, I know, but that would be awkward. Trade, trade him back. Get him back, man. Yeah, they, 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 uh, they goofed on that because even last year <laughs> with, uh, with Jeff Saturday, Zach Moss was balling out. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it happens. But uh, let's go to guys. We are low on who you got. Uh, I'm low on Kenneth Walker. Uh, I have him uh, as the RB15. You know, he's facing the Ravens this week. Uh, last week, only ran uh, eight the ball eight times, but still managed to go for 66 yards because he's obviously very talented. Uh, I'm sure his calf injury had a lot to do with, you know, his limited touches, uh, but he could be limited again this week. Uh, they also just might get Zach Charbonnet more involved going forward just to keep Walker fresh. Plus, might as well, Charbonnet's really, really talented. Um, and, and this is a brutal matchup. Uh, you know, the Ravens rank fifth in DVO against the run. Uh, also, this is a game where Seattle might be trailing. Walker doesn't see much third down or two minute offensive work anyway. So th- this could be a bad uh, trailing game script for him. Um, as always, this is a reminder. If Zach Charbonnet is somehow available in your league, please go pick him up. Uh, there's not any running backs that are available that will become, you know, like a borderline RB one option if the starter were to go down, but he's one of them. Uh, so stop messing around the flavors of the week, the waiver wire and just stash Charbonnet over like a uh, wide receiver. You'll never use like, Odell Beckham or KJ Osborne. Just please, please make sure Charbonnet isn't available in your league. But uh, just having said that, Walker is just more of a mid-range RB2 this week. He's a little bit tougher to trust. But again, if you have him, you're probably going to have to play him. Yeah, if you have Jamison Williams, it's easy, easy drop. Oh, yeah, just, easy uh... drop at this point. What'd you do, uh, you know, what were you doing? Draft him in any way. Hey, not within us. But speaking of which, <laughs> uh I drafted him out of Alexander Madison, and that's who I'm low on this week because, my goodness, <laughs> can this guy not find a hole to save his life? I mean, it's it's crazy because he's get like everything I predicted is coming through, except he's just not getting production. Like they're they're like irrationally committed to him, even though they have another option on the team. They went right back to giving Madison, you know, more, uh, you know, starters workload over Cam Akers, even after Akers. Every time Akers plays, he looks like the better back. Uh, both of their numbers aren't great, but uh, he's also been uh, somewhat unlucky because the Vikings have 18 passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. <laughs> but now this week, Minnesota's implied total is barely over 16 points. So there's not a lot of touchdowns to go around, period, without Kirk Cousins. You're going to start likely Jaron Hall 
a, a rookie. And if, you know, you, maybe you have some Josh Dobbs mixed in, but we, you know, you know, that's not going to get you a ton of uh, touchdowns <laughs> either. And then Akers has been the better guy in scoring position since Akers arrived. Him and Madison have the same number of carries inside the 10, two apiece. And on the year, Madison has eight carries for negative one yard inside the opponent's 10. Uh, Akers has been at least somewhat competent with uh, four carries, 11 yards, and, and two touchdowns. So uh, Atlanta, number one defense in EPA per rush allowed. This is not a defense you want to run against. I know some people are going to say, well, Cousins is injured. Vikings are just going to run it a ton. And they might, but we know Madison is not, you know, volume is not enough, especially when he's getting just enough carries swiped by Akers and potentially some goal line work swiped by Akers and the defense is going to be able to stack the box now. So yeah. I, you know, if the touchdown equity isn't there, I, I don't, I can't recommend, you know, Madison as an RB two, but ECR does have him as running back 23. I have him as running back 32. So uh, I am down yeah. and out at Madison, which means hey, I, probably have, I probably have like two touchdowns in a hundred <laughs> yards. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's I I just don't like this at all. Despite you know potentially an increase in team uh, rushing rate for the Viking Sands Cousins. Uh, all right, let's go prop. Let's go. Let's go Madison. Let's go Madison. Oh, since boy. this is we're not even gonna throw Acres in there. We're just gonna go mm. Madison. I'm gonna set his rushing yardage prop at. 40 and a half. I wrote down 42 and a half. Uh, so I guess I will go with the uh, over here. Barely. I don't love it. Uh, <laughs> they, they have been a nightmare trying to project week to week. It's almost like whoever is the least efficient back, they just start giving more work to. Uh, the only week where Cam Akers wasn't the more efficient back was against the Niners. Uh, so they gave, that was the game they gave him more work when Madison was looking okay. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that trend. Whoever's the least efficient back will get more work, and that's Madison again. So give me the over, but barely. Yeah, another like I I mean I what a confounding backfield. Like, I can't I can't, I mean it's funny because Ty Chandler the I thought that height was like silly, but at this point <laughs> I from what I've seen I feel like Ty Chandler should get some shots in that backfield as well. So I oh really don't God. know what KOC is doing out there, man. But yeah, hey, he well, I am uh, not a coach. And, and Nwango is, so. is questionable. I think he Wangu, should get a yeah. shot too. He I mean he's going to return kicks, so they'll get him touches that way. Um, I hear that I guess KOC's offense is pretty complex, which is par- maybe mm. partially. Perhaps why Madison is um, getting so much work. Because remember last year, Madison got a lot less work than everyone thought yeah. behind Cook. So it might just be one of those situations where it's like you just cannot learn the offense in a year. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, this I don't is, know. I, that's what I was saying with Madison. It's like I don't know if he's good enough to hang on the job, but I don't know who would leapfrog him. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me of Mike Davis, uh, what a few years ago <laughs> when he was being drafted as an RB two. I was like, I can't draft him, but. I don't know who's going to leapfrog him. The whole time it was Cordell Patterson. Uh, they don't have a guy like that. So Powell, Powell, play him at running back. Play Powell. Ooh, at yeah, back. That, I could get behind that. I would like to see some long goo though. I mean, if he's yeah, if he's got enough explosiveness to handle kicks. Let him let the let the kid touch some yeah. uh, uh some some the rock on offense. But Definitely I mean, he's has, still getting he has healthy. To be healthy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, you know what everyone loves, Sean? Compliments, and compliments are guaranteed after making the leap to skincare with Caldera Lab. And I'm talking about how you look today and 20 years from now. The results are incredible. In little time, men's skincare and Caldera Lab are the perfect pair for you to look and feel your best. Super easy to add to your morning and nightly routine. Clear skin, less wrinkles. And signs of aging, enough said. Caldera Lab Skincare. Join the other 100,000 men who trust Caldera Lab to show your best first impression this fall. Now, Caldera Lab knows the skincare world is heavily female driven and has long been the wild, wild west for men. That's why they're making the solution simple with just three steps one, the clean slate, a face wash to start and end your day. 
Two, the base layer, which is a daily moisturizer to hydrate your skin. And three is the good, which is an eye serum that you can put on at night to help your skin look tighter and smoother. And just for our audience, we have an exclusive deal. Use code TAN at calderalab.com and get 20% off right now. That's 20% off with code TAN at calderalab.com. Make unforgettable first impressions with Caldera Lab. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Wide receiver, Sean, who you got in your top five for week nine? Uh, got Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, and C.D. Lamb. Adam Thielen, this close to making it real <laughs> spicy. This close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been up there for me as well. Uh, a great, great bounce back uh, season oh, yeah. by him. I mean, the, another guy the Vikings maybe could possibly. So I, I guess Osborne's been playing really well, too. So, um, But, yeah, I got the same top five. So uh, who you high on? Uh, I'm high on George Pickens uh, against the Titans. He's my wide receiver 20. ECR has him wide receiver 27. Uh, it, it probably doesn't matter, if I'm being honest, if Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky starts for Pickens. Um, you know, Pickens is coming off a one-catch 22-yard game with a touchdown. Uh, could have had an even better game uh, if he just stayed in bounds on, like, a deep ball. I, I thought he got in. Again, it seems like every week he's making some amazing sideline grab. This one was ruled incomplete, uh, but I think he, he should bounce back here. This is a great matchup. You know, the Titans are a pass funnel defense, so I, I'm viewing him more as a mid-range wide receiver, too. Obviously, always has, you know, good touchdown upside. Uh, and my other guy is Jonathan Mingo uh, against mm-hmm. the Colts. He's my wide receiver, 46. ECR is still very low on him at wide receiver, 63. Still not startable. And you know traditional twelve team leagues, but he definitely needs to be monitored uh, and is certainly in play for DFS. Uh, I said before the season that you know Mingo was a great fit uh, for Bryce Young. Um, you know they would probably need time to really get on the same page. Um, so th- there was a chance that this could happen after their bye week, and sir, sure, you know, sure, surely that's what happened. He went uh, four catches for sixty-two yards against the Texans. Um, again, you know, Adam Fiona is still the clear number one target in this offense, but Mingo looks like the clear number two target uh, now with DJ Chark being, you know, the low volume deep threat. Uh, Hayden Hurst has been almost completely phased out of the offense now. Uh, so that's why I'm way higher on Mingo. I, I just think he's going to be the number two target going forward. Only going to get better. Uh, again, you know, Bryce Young's playing style is a bit unique. So I thought that it would take some time for them to get on the same page, but it's here. Uh, so definitely someone to monitor uh, in, in sort of that wide receiver four flex range. Yeah, and if we were doing the thing, whoever's you know higher or lower on him gets him. I am actually one spot higher than you at wide receiver. Oh 45. damn, yeah, forty five. Nice. <laughs> totally, totally agree. I think Thomas Brown taking over play calling duties has a lot to do with it. And mm-hmm. I mean, before the that Lions Raiders game, one of the biggest things I got worked up about this year was just the Panthers. Just I thought it was just boneheaded offseason decision making <laughs> and we already see you know brown is uh in the controls for a week and they're already kind of getting away from miles sanders getting away from from hayden hurst and you know Thielen turned out to be good but um you know the batting average you know for a lot of those offseason moves isn't great for carolina and so yeah i think they have every incentive to yeah. you know keep kind of feeding and, and pushing more of the offense toward Mingo, who, you know, as far as the future goes, is even more important than Adam Thielen, you got to think, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's going to, you know, you have your rookie quarterback on his uh, rookie contract window, and you have a rookie wide receiver that he needs to grow with. So, yeah, I expect Mingo to keep uh, keep ascending as well. I got a rookie, couple of rookies uh, nice. as well that I am high on. The first is... Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, out there in New England, going against the fire-selling Washington Commanders. He is my wide receiver, thirty-seven. He's fifty-two in ECR, and you know, while New England is favored 
the Washington defense, even with trading uh, Young and Sweat, I think they're still uh, somewhat of a uh, pass funnel. You know, they are top six in DVOA against the run, bottom three against the pass, giving up the second most yards per game to opposing wideouts, the second most fantasy fantasy points per game to opposing wideouts. And Douglas is coming off a game where he ran a season high, 28 routes, season high, 85%. Uh, route rate, route participation rate. Kendrick Bourne, who was playing really well as their de facto number one out for the year. Parker, concussion, and he's been losing playing time anyway. Tyquan Thornton's been a healthy scratch. Boutte's been a healthy scratch since week one. And so Douglas, really, there's no competition. And he's had four more catches and 40 or more receiving yards in all three games where he's ran at least 15 routes. And he's had 27 and 28 the last two. And among 100 Wide receivers that have run at least 100 routes this year. Douglas already top 20 in target rate, 24.3%. That is excellent. He's smack dab between Mike Evans and CeeDee <laughs> Lamb. So, you know, obviously that'll regress as he gets more playing time. But he is, I've, I, I've thought he's been their best receiver for most of the year. Now, Kendrick Bourne has had some big games. So uh, maybe mm-hmm. we'll give Bourne the title for now. But I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year, Pop is looked at as the Patriots' uh, top wide receiver. And on a similar note, you know, this was something I was saying in the preseason. I think Tank Dell is Houston's top receiver now. Nico Collins has been showing out as well. But, I mean, Tank Dell got to be the second smoothest juker in the league after Tyreek Hill. He just has some beautiful moves with the ball in his hands. They're giving him multiple carries in each of the last three games. He's been targeted on 20% of his routes. So I have him inside my top 30 because – he came back to a 92% route participation rate last week. And Robert Woods expected to miss uh, another week. So Dell is going to continue to be on the field. And every healthy game after week one that Dell has played in, he's run more routes than Nico Collins as well. So, uh, you know, Nico has been playing great, but Dell certainly has the opportunity and the skills to, to start performing at just as high of a level. And Tampa Bay, top 10 in zone coverage rate. 88% of Dell's targets this year have come against zone coverage. No other Texan wide receiver, more than 67% of their targets against zone. And to add to that, he's also gets some cracks as a punt returner. And he does have the moves to take one to the house. And he's only fair caught four of his 12 punt returns. So mm. he's not just out there to catch the <laughs> ball. He's trying to make moves with it. So love me some tank Dell. I think, it's only a matter of time before these guys like, you know, Mingo, Pop Douglas, Tank Dell, uh, you know, really start breaking out. Remember yeah. Amon Ra a couple years ago where we kind of were on him and, and monitoring him. And then it was just like one some, somewhere in the middle of the season. It just you just never look yeah. back. So all three of these guys, I think, are candidates. So you want to invest in these guys uh, in anywhere possible, you know, prop market. Um, I think you overs you know for guys like this i think that's the best time to take overs with these these mm. rookies who you know their true baselines aren't necessarily established so love me some uh tank dell and love me some pop douglas this week all right uh who you on uh i'm actually low on a couple rookies uh the first one is, unfortunately is puka nakua <clears throat> against the packers he's my wide receiver 27 ecr still probably using matthew stafford as the rams quarterback has him Wide receiver 12, but uh, I'm obviously assuming Stafford is out here uh, and we will have Brett Rippon under center. Uh, that's going to be just a massive blow to the Rams offense. We saw Rippon play in person. Uh, I was <laughs> sweating. I had over like 80 and a half passing yards and he was going to play the fir- entire first half. Couldn't even do it. He is terrible. Um, you know, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua might actually help make Rippon look like a competent quarterback, but that won't help their fantasy value. It's still really tough to project Nakua for maybe more than five receptions. Um, so plus uh, Rippon seemed much more willing to actually throw the ball to Tyler Higby. So we just might see targets a bit more spread out in this offense, which is going to hurt both cup and Nakua. So I have Nakua more on the wide receiver two, three fringe, as opposed to a low end wide receiver one, like usual. Uh, and unfortunately, the other rookie wide receiver I'm low on is Jordan Addison uh, against the Falcons at wide receiver 41. ECR has him wide receiver 36. And yeah, he he was my favorite rookie receiver 
heading into the season, and he's been incredible. Uh, definitely been taking advantage of Justin Jefferson being out, obviously. But, you know, if Kirk Cousins done for the year, uh, that's just a massive blow to the Vikings offense. Um, and Jaron Hall looks like he's going to start this week. They just got Josh Dobbs. Uh, I don't think it matters. I think either way, it, it's tough to project the Vikings passing offense for more than like 210 yards this week. Um, so that's just going to be a, a clear drop off for Addison. Plus, you know, he's going to get another hit when Justin Jefferson returns over the next few weeks. So might be a good time, uh, I think, maybe to sell high on Addison because uh, it can only go down from here. Love the talent, but this is a really bad situation. So he's just outside my top 40 this week. Oof. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm almost, it feels like he's like a fade at your own wrist these days. I mean, he oh, is I just know, been, right? <laughs> I haven't projected for like a quarter of a, I do have him projected for under 210 passing yards, but I have Addison projected for like a quarter of those yards. So right. I still have him inside my top, uh, inside my top 40. But uh, yeah, it certainly is a downgrade from Cousins who was playing really well uh, this season. I am low on a couple of guys here. First is Devontae Smith. Uh, I have him as my wide receiver 32. He's wide receiver 13 in ECR. And in the last six weeks, he's had a couple of top 24 finishes, but he's also had those sandwiched by finishes of wide receiver Mm -hmm. 71, wide receiver 99, and two wide receiver 44 finishes. So this is something we talked about in the offseason, how when you have everyone healthy, especially Goddard, Smith has been a lot more boom bust. Dallas is the man heaviest team in the NFL right now. And Smith just uh, 1.3 yards per route versus man compared to 1.7 versus zone. And AJ Brown's at 4.3 yards per route against man. So he's almost tripling up Smith here. And we've long known that to be the case. You know, AJ Brown's just going to, do- I mean, he's dominating everything these days, but uh, generally Smith will take a back seat against these kind of defenses. And, it doesn't hurt that Dallas is allowing the second fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, the fewest receptions per game to wide receivers, uh, the second fewest yards per game to wide receivers. So uh, I think this is one of those weeks where for a boom bust guy, I think he's a little bit more li- or a lot more likely to bust than boom this week. So um, I-, I think there are better you know, wide receiver two plays and, every- you know, ECR still hasn't ranked as a high end wide receiver two. Uh, I just think that's, uh, I think that's pushing it with such a, uh, a volatile player here. Uh, another guy, Josh Palmer, you know, he had that great run four straight games where he finished uh, no lower than wide receiver 37, but that came to end last week. He was the number 77 wide out. And I don't think we should just expect him to bounce back now just because, you know, he could be another week removed from the injury. I know he left the game at one point, but this jet team great against wide mm-hmm. receivers, allowing a fewest targets per game to wide receivers at just under 15, the fewest touchdowns, to wide receivers, just one on 104 targets and 741 routes faced this year. And the Jets are number one in DVOA against number two wide receivers, specifically allowing the fewest schedule-adjusted targets per game to number two wide receivers, the fewest schedule-adjusted yards per game to number two wide receivers. And that's because you have DJ Reed, who's top 10 at PFF, Sauce Gardner, who's 11th at PFF out of over 100 cornerbacks in PFF grade. And you have Palmer, who, unlike Keenan Allen, is not really escaping those guys to the slot. Palmer, 70% of his snaps are out wide. And, you know, Allen, Keenan Allen is going to take most of those slot snaps for the Chargers. So low on Palmer. He's my wide receiver, 38. He's 32 in ECR. And one more guy. Uh, most people probably won't be thinking of starting him, but I'm still <laughs> perplexed to see just how high he was in expert consensus rank to open the week. And that's Michael Gallup. He is the wide receiver number 46 in ECR. He's my wide receiver 63. Last week, he ran 21 routes to Jalen Tolbert's 18. And I know it was a blowout, but uh, this is that's a concern coming off the bye because Dallas, you know, mm-hmm. they kept going and they kept kind of pouring it on. And you know, Gallup, 51% route participation, Tolbert, 44%. And that's something that, you know, a lot of people that follow the team are kind of calling for because Gallup has really struggled this year to, to gain separation and hasn't really looked fully back from that injury, even though he, you know, in the offseason, he said he was. He's failed the top 25 receiving yards in all but two games this year. He's been the wide receiver 67 or worse in five 
out of his seven games played this year. So I, you know, Michael Gallup needs to get out of that top 50 and quick. Agree. Uh, Yeah, I'm with you on Devontae Smith. Uh, I was like minus 10 or lower against these here last week. Of course, got burned. He just blew up. But again, I'm over or I'm under 10 slots again on him this week. You just got to stick with it. Like you mentioned, like he's, he's been pretty erratic. Obviously the blowout games are going to come, uh, but he has a much, much lower floor than people uh, were obviously hoping for drafting him almost as like a wide receiver one, uh, you know, in August. Yeah. And that's with Jalen Hurts putting up great passing numbers, you know, <laughs> yeah, volume, volume wise, but it's, yeah. it's just AJ Brown's just absurd. Yeah. I mean, man, there's some fun guys to watch right now. Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, right at the top of that list. Yep. Uh, where are you going for the prop? Uh, so I'm actually taking both of the guys that were low on, combining them together. Wh- who's going to have more receiving yards out of these two guys, assuming Matthew Stafford is out? Devontae Smith or Puka Nakua? Ooh, that's a good one. Let me... <laughs> good luck with this one. I I couldn't pick. So I'm going to let you decide. I'm looking at my projections right now just to get a sense of... And you have Stafford out completely, yeah, yeah. which will help. Okay. I do. I will say I do have Rippin projected probably one of the better backups in terms of yardage because I feel like he just kind of lets it rip and like he'll throw a ton of interceptions. Pun yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> um, I am going with. You said more yardage. Yeah, just receiving yards. Do we have Take a favorite or like who's, um, who's, I'll who's make, minus and a half? Uh, I'll I'll make Smith. Uh, nope, no, it's just a pick him. If, okay. if they tie, they tie. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll go Nakua because I have him okay. uh, about five yards over still because I think what it is is, you ha- I, you know, Cowboys obviously great defense, great against wide receivers, and the scheme favors Brown, not Smith. But, uh, you know, this Green Bay defense just traded Rasul Douglas, uh, I believe it was. So, you know, they're, they're kind of in sell mode on the defense. I think, you know, Jair – He'll probably see some time on the Kua and some time on mm-hmm. Cup and, you know, maybe even more on the Kua. But I, I just think this Green Bay defense is a little bit more exploitable than Dallas. Yeah. So um, I'm going to have to go Nakua here and, and hope Brett Rippon just kind of balls <laughs> to the wall, doesn't really care, yeah. just, you know, does I, what he does. I, I agree. I, I think the thing I'm leaning on here is Higby's target share going up just a little bit. Uh, you know, Rippon was targeting him pretty heavily. Uh, and I feel like uh, Higby always goes off once everybody's off him, myself yep. included. <laughs> uh, and there's times where, you know, I, I remember like right as the season was about to start, I think we were both ranking him inside of our top 10. Uh, and then he busted. He's just impossible to project. So now that he's off everyone's radar, it would not shock me if all of a sudden he has a good game. Uh, but that's just the thing with, with like a backup quarterback coming in. It can just mess up the target distribution. You know, it, it probably won't be the same. Uh, so it could be a little bit more spread out. So that's kind of where I'm going with this. Uh, so I'll, I'll take Devonta Smith here. I'm fine with that. All right. Let's go to tight ends. Top five. My top five, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Jake Ferguson, Ooh. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Darren Wall. Get Darren Waller out of there. I'm going to go with uh, Dalton Kincaid as tight end five. That's more fun. <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ferguson's my tight end six, so I can't oh, knock okay, that. Nice. <laughs> but uh, I do have, yeah, Kelsey Andrews, Hawkinson, Kincaid, and Goddard is in my nice. top five. So, um, yeah, pretty standard for me. Uh, who you high on? Where's, uh, where's, where do you have Taysom Hill real quick? Ooh, a good question. He's got to be top ten now. Like, this is ridiculous. Tight end seven. Yeah, okay. Yep. It's Taysom Hill season. Yes, sir. All right, so yeah, uh, if you can't tell, I'm high on Jake Ferguson. He's my tight end three. Um, you know, I actually mentioned last week in my streamers piece it was a historic week for streaming tight ends. Um, I, I was saying there's four legit potential rest of season tight end ones available. Uh, I believe it was Taysom Hill, Dalton Kincaid, uh, Jake Ferguson. McBride. Oh, and Trey McBride. Yeah, yeah, great <laughs> so, call on that. Yeah, so like they all had the they all had the reasons why you would add them in your specific league. I dubbed Ferguson as the best long term investment. I think he had the best chances of being you know tight end one for the rest of the season. I think they all do actually. But um, assuming when Han- you know Peyton Hendershot comes back, he's not going to eat into his role too much. 
he could absolutely be, you know, Dalton Schultz, maybe even better the rest of the season. So uh, last week he had a great, you know, four catch, 47 yard touchdown game. Um, back-to-back games now of 85% or more, you know, routes run rate, but his target rate has taken a pretty big hit. So uh, assuming his target rate goes back up, uh, probably not to what we saw earlier in the season, but just goes up, you know, he has massive upside. Uh, and this is a good matchup. You know, the Eagles ranked dead last in DVO against tight ends. You know, they've faced a very easy schedule. So they're more middle of the pack when you look at just uh, raw. raw fancy points allowed. But whenever they've faced a competent tight end, they've they've given up pretty good scores. You know, Logan Thomas went off for six catches, 44 yards in a tutty last week against them. So, yeah, I, right now I view Ferguson as a top three uh, tight end this week. Yeah, I have. Speaking of Logan Thomas, I am high on <laughs> nice. Thomas. He uh, he is my tight end nine. He's tight end eleven in expert consensus. So I do have him as a top ten option this week. New England thirty first, so almost as bad as as Philly in DVOA against tight ends. And Thomas has forty plus yards and or a touchdown in all but one of his seven games played this year. And Thomas, you know, you talk about rest of season. So mm. Thomas is tight end seven in half PPR, tight end eight in PPR. But Kittle's on by, Laporte is on by, Engram's on by. So Logan Thomas is a top five tight end on the week nine <laughs> slate at least. And, you know, going forward, he's going to have a shot too to be one of those, you know, top 10 rest of season tight ends because it seems like Sam Howell is targeting him like he was, you know, in that breakout season a few years ago when he was on Washington. I, think, I believe it was Alex Smith or Heineke, whoever it was at quarterback for the, for the commanders that year, um, you know, Thomas broke out and he's having, you know, he's right there week in, week out, you know, putting up, you know, similar cat reception numbers to Terry and, and, uh, and Dotson and, and Samuel. So uh, like the matchup and like the volume for Logan Thomas. Oh yeah. Yeah. And this, I mean, this offense under Eric Bieniemy is way more pass heavy. They're starting the, the fire cell in their defense. Uh, so they're just going to be a very pass heavy team uh, going forward. And, you know, he's technically playing the Travis Kelsey role in the enemy's offense. So yeah, definitely think he's uh, another one of those tight ends where they, every year, you know, just, you can always add a tight end in season that ends up being like a top 10 tight end. And Logan Thomas is one of those guys. All right. Who you want? Uh, well, you know, I was very high on Trey McBride last week. I am low on him this week. I I guess I'm being a little bit nitpicky. Uh, I have him as my tight end 11. His ECR is tight end eight, but there's only so many guys to pick from. Um, but, you know, he had that massive 10 catch, 95 yard touchdown game last week. Uh, and, you know, my comp for him entering the NFL was like a lesser version of Dallas Goddard. So it's been fitting to see him be held back by Zach Ertz for the first couple uh, seasons. So uh, as long as Zach Ertz is out, you know, he has top 10 upside. Uh, however, this week, you know, this is a brutal matchup against the Browns just in general, uh, but they rank second in DVOA against tight ends. Uh, and we don't really know who's going to be the quarterback this week. If it's Clayton Toon, I, I think that's going to hurt McBride. You know, he might drop outside of my top 12. Uh, if Kyler Murray ends up making his season debut, maybe he ends up back in my top 10. So th- there's some uncertainty there. Um, but going forward, you know, just have to wonder – if and when Zach Ertz does return, if that's going to eat into his his role at all. I think at this point, they, they just have to use McBride as the lead tight end. Uh, but just keep an eye on that, that once Ertz returns, it could make McBride more of a high-end uh, tight end too. But uh, yeah, this week, I'm just a little bit lower on him than ECR. Yeah, no, it's it's a brutal matchup. Uh, you know, it makes, makes sense. But at least he's getting, you know, pretty much all of the snaps, which you always yeah. like to see. Because that is rare for Titans. I think his route participation rate was 88%. So yep. he does have that working for him. But tough, tough matchup. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm lower than ECR as well. Uh, I'm lower also on Kyle Pitts this week. You have, you know, obviously some quarterback issues as well with the Falcons, even though uh, there's not, you know, no one's, I don't know, maybe Ritter was hurt. Who knows? But mm. hasn't been playing well. So you might go to Heineke and who knows how that's going to affect everything. But you are facing a Viking defense that's held five of the eight tight ends it's faced to five or fewer half PPR points. And the Vikings are allowing the 
tied for fourth fewest receiving yards per game to tight ends at just over 36. And that's despite facing Kelsey, Kittle, Goddard, and Cole Komet already. Kyle Pitts has seen a decline in usage, even though he did have a couple of good games uh, within the past month. His The first month of the year, he was running a route on 89% of Falcon dropbacks. Over the last four games, that number has gone down to 66. And it's been a consistent 66, not like, you know, 91 <laughs> game and then way down and then back up. It's been, you know, in the six mid-60s pretty much week in, week out. And, you know, with tight ends, the fewer routes you run, especially on a team that is favored and, you know, really doesn't like to pass if they don't have to, uh, this could get ugly for Kyle Pitts. He's finished as a top 15 t- tight end in only two of his eight games this year. So another guy similar to Devontae Smith, where we know the ceiling is high and he could obviously hit a ceiling any given week. You know, maybe if Drake London is out, I think more people, you know, get behind that. But then you, if Drake London is out, then you could just concentrate more of the defensive attention on Pitts. So I don't like it either way. Uh, so fading Pitts, he's my tight end. 13 and he's a tight end seven in ECR, I guess, kind of anticipating uh, London sitting out. But I, I think that's too high just given the recent, uh, his recent route participation rate, frankly. Yeah, I can't imagine ranking him seventh. I mean, you got like, <laughs> even though I'm Law McBride, I would play him over Pitts, uh, Logan Thomas, obviously. Um, I mean, just a bizarre ranking. Yeah, so I have Pitts. Uh, tight end 14, as always, you know, I have Jonu Smith not far behind. I'm sure people that drafted Kyle Pitts love the fact that Jonu Smith is basically on par with him every week. Yeah, it's it's just hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, I have, I have Pitts 13, Smith 14, so that's where we are. Uh, but here's another another fringe guy that, uh, for the prop, I want to set. set a line on, and that's Luke Musgrave. He's been okay. kind of quiet after he had some hype, but he's right around that fringe where – you know, I think some people would consider maybe uh, starting him over a guy like Kyle Pitts. So let's go with his receiving yards against the Rams, who haven't been great against tight ends. I'm going to go with 33 and a half. Ooh, I had 29 and a half. Uh, I thought you, well, I think you want me to take the under. I know you want the over. Um. I know last week, you know, he was banged up. Uh, could have been the main reason. Uh, you know, he's a, a low target rate. That's a good line. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll take the under here. I'll let you have the over. I know that's what you're trying to do. Yeah, I set it a couple couple yards higher than, like, if I was, post, as a book, I would have probably put, like, an even 30 and a half, honestly. So, yeah. 29 and a half was right, right there. Yeah. Um, but I do think he's in play. You know, there's kind of a glut of guys in that top 15 or just outside it. You know, Dalton Schultz, another one. Like, there's a glut of these guys. So it's going to be important uh, if you are streaming. So be sure to check our ranks as the week progresses. But, yeah, uh, right now I have him right on that fringe. And uh, I'm glad we take that over. (laughs) But uh, that's going to do it for our Week 9 NFL Player Projections episode of the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. For more great fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full fantasy preview episode out right now over on the Fantasy Flex podcast. And if you're into betting, me and Stucky's betting preview episode right here uh, drops every Thursday. Also, be sure to check out our Discord link in the episode description, actionnetwork.com for all of our NFL fantasy and betting content and fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. Follow Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon, and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.